Hello and welcome to MedTech Insights Monthly Roundup of Digital House News. I'm editor Marion Webb and with me today is editor Reed Miller. So Reed, you recently covered some deals involving Amazon. What have they been up to in the digital house space? That's right. So Amazon Web Services, which controls about a third of the world cloud infrastructure and has revenue of about $70 billion a year, announced a new deal with a North Carolina triangle company called Thread Research. The companies are going to create the next generation of decentralized trials platforms to make these trials far more efficient and cheaper to run. Their idea is that it will use artificial intelligence to automate a lot of the processes that currently take up a lot of human time. The companies project this new system will, for example, reduce the time it takes to sign up a new trial subject, they call it onboarding, by up to 30%. It's also going to help researchers see all the information on each trial subject in real time in a way that makes the most sense for them. And it will also help them track the overall performance of the trial. For our listeners who might not have heard of that term, can you explain what decentralized trials are? Yeah. So as we've reported on before, um, some of our sister publications have reported on this as well with respect to drug trials. Decentralized trials are studies that rely on centralized technology. So telehealth, remote monitoring, at-home testing, if that's available, and other technologies that can obviate the need for the trial subject to actually visit a specific trial site. So the pandemic has had a big effect on these trials, right? Yeah, that's right. So in a lot of places during the pandemic, this was the only way to run a trial, of course. Researchers were really scrambling, especially in uh, 2020, to figure out how to collect data from their patients if they were um, used to seeing them in person. Now, that's generated a lot of interest in this decentralized approach, especially among the drug companies, but also device companies. And of course, a lot of the technology needed to run these trials are medical devices. Now, a lot of medical research and other kinds of research has been shifting this way uh, for a while, even before the pandemic, because it has the potential to save money. And also with some of the remote monitoring technologies, researchers can collect data that they never could before. So, you know, they can collect data on a patient 24 hours a day, potentially all the time, instead of just whatever they can get at the point in time when the person comes to an office. So this is a huge help to drug companies, um, especially because they do so many trials. Uh, but it can also apply to any kind of trial where the researcher really wants to see that complete picture of how a subject or patient is doing, not just when they come to the office. So this is also then going to make it easier for patients to be in trials, potentially, um, if they aren't having to drive back and forth a lot, they might be more real interested in signing up to be in the trial. And hopefully this is going to make a lot of trials more diverse and enroll patient populations that are often missed in trials. Uh, that's a big theme that we've been hearing a lot from medical device companies lately, um, especially Abbott is investing a lot in trying to make sure that their trials reflect the, the population that is afflicted by whatever it is they're trying to uh, treat in the trial. So Thread is very confident that decentralized trials are the future of trials, because even if the patient could come into the office without a fear of pandemic, uh, they probably don't really want to. It's a huge inconvenience for the patients. And like I said, that limits the population who is going to be part of the clinical trials. Now, according to the company, they're, they're currently involved in about 200 decentralized trials uh, with about 400,000 subjects so far. Uh, this is really all Thread does. They're just focused on decentralized trials. And that has been uh, growing steadily in the last year. They acquired a company called Invibe, which adds some voice capabilities to the data they can collect. 
They also have a deal with Eversana to create a decentralized registry system that integrates with electronic medical records. But this deal with Amazon, which is you know the dominant player in, in the cloud space, is just going to help them scale up even faster. I suspect we'll hear a lot more about how technology can facilitate decentralized trials and will open up a lot of opportunities for new monitoring and diagnostic devices. Thanks for all that, Reid. Yeah, thanks. So over to you, Marianne. March was a huge conference month for MedTech, and you uh, traveled to two live conferences to cover them on behalf of MedTech in in the last month. Yes. So the first conference, the Sensor Summit, um, took place in La Jolla, which is actually not too far away from where I live. But I also traveled to Chicago to cover this year's annual American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons meeting. Yes, and then we also covered uh, the Health Information and Management Systems Society, better known as HIMSS conference, uh, remotely. So let's start out with a few highlights from that uh, Sensor Summit, and then you can talk about the AOS conference. Yes, so great presentations at the Sensor Summit, and one that stood out to me was a presentation That was given by SVB healthcare advisor, Jonathan Norris. He provided an overview of health tech fundraising in previous years and also gave his outlook for this year. So the bottom line is that he foresees that U.S. venture fundraising will slow down significantly this year. He also predicts that we'll see massive consolidation in this sector, and he expects that the IPO window will remain open for big market stories with early revenue traction. Okay, great. And we'll certainly follow some of those stories, of course. Um, so what did you see at AOS? Yeah, so I took the opportunity to meet with several companies in the exhibit hall, many of which launched new products and showcased their new technologies. I'd say that the surgical digital ecosystem remains a key theme. So to give you some examples, Zuma Biomed showcased its latest edition of the CBH suite of integrated technologies called Walk AI which uses algorithms to identify patients who are predicted to have a lower gait speed at 90 days after hip and knee surgery. And the daily prediction is compared to anonymized real-world data from an existing ZBH database to identify when a patient's recovery may not be on track based on predicted low speed. The company also showcased its new OptiView mixed reality suite, which was developed in partnership with Microsoft. And that system has various applications that includes medical training, PERI, and post-operative surgical demo applications and others. And then I also visited with Stryker. Stryker launched its next generation Insignia hip stem for total hip and hemiarthroplasty procedures. It uses the new total hip 4.1 software, which allows surgeons to use data from a 3D CT-based plan to capture each patient's unique anatomy. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Listeners can learn a lot more about your coverage from AOS by reading the two roundup stories you did for medtechinsight.com, as well as a lot of our coverage from HIMSS, which included some company news from GE Healthcare. Philips and a new company or a lesser known company called Penumbra. The archive of the Digital Health Roundup, like this one, uh, our podcast called Speaking of MedTech, the MedTech Insights Device Week podcast, and the rest of Informa Pharma Intelligence's podcasts are available on the Informa Pharma Intelligence channel. 
Uh, you can see that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify Podcasts, or you can just find it on our website. You can find us on Twitter at MedTech underscore Insight. I'm at MedTech Reed. Reed.